0: Wonderful. Welcome. I should have introduced myself, my name's Paul, and uh, with a number of others, uh, we, we we, just, it's such a privilege and a joy to um, gather together here. And uh, my uh, job this morning is to uh, begin a new teaching series uh, whilst we look at the book of James. Uh, many of you, if you've been part of our church for some time, you'll know that we, we do kind of the teaching from here in what's known uh, in a thematic style, meaning we take a theme and we speak about it and we use the scriptures hopefully well to teach the theme. So for weeks and weeks and weeks we've been talking about the theme of becoming, becoming more like Jesus and we would have gone here and gone there throughout the scriptures um, in terms of teaching. And what we would like to do for the next number of weeks leading up to Easter is something that a lot of churches do within the evangelical church is uh, a different form or different style, I guess it is, of teaching. And and that is of an expository. There's a nice long word there, expository style, which basically means taking the scripture as is, reading it, uh, beginning to understand it, Uh, and beginning to teach directly from the scriptures. And that's what we would like to do for the next number of weeks. We've done it before. If you've been around, we went through the whole of the book of Nehemiah before, the whole of the book of Ephesians. And uh, what we'd like to do is take on James. Uh, There's five chapters. Those of you who've read it, you'll know it's incredibly practical. There's loads of just great nuggets throughout the whole of it. And uh, so that's what we would love to do. The book itself is known as an epistle. Uh, which means letter, and uh, it was written by James, who's the brother of Jesus, uh, likely to be a cousin or perhaps a stepbrother of Jesus. And the letter was intended for Jewish Christians uh, who were dispersed outside Palestine. So that's the context in which it was written. And uh, the overall theme of the book of James can be summed up in the command as we read it, and we read it today, uh, James 1:22 is do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves but do what it says. Uh, Other translations have put it like this, uh, let's be doers of the word not hearers only and I love that and we're very much a people aren't we as a church, we don't want to just come and sit here and uh, just listen to the words and go oh that's very nice and go home at the end of the day. Unless we actually do what it says on the tin, we deceive ourselves and we're just going through the motions. And what we love about what God's called us to is we're to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Uh, I was chatting to uh, someone just last night who was having this conversation with someone at work and uh, kind of describing, uh, kind of when someone asks, what's Vineyard? I go, well, Vineyard's a church, it does this and does that. And I love the language which this lady was using in terms of, we're meant to do what it says. And that's what the whole of this book is about. I love it. I love uh, a couple of things um, that you'll have heard before. I'm going to quote them again. Uh, a, a Wimberism. Uh, John Wimber, who founded the Vineyard Church. We still quote him, even though he's dead many, many years. Uh, his words just live on in incredible ways. That faith is spelt R-I-S-K. That faith is meant to be put into action. And so much of the book of James is just about that. It's about placing our faith into action. And it's spelt R-I-S-K, meaning that we're called to take risks. And then another one by uh, St. Francis of Assisi, uh, which we could boil it down and kind of re-quote it slightly or a lot, Uh, basically comes out, we get this modern day phrase that actions speak louder than words. So the book of James, as we explore this over the next number of weeks, it's not just about words, it's not just about being hearers of the word, as you sit and you hear, but it's about doing. Do you know what, often I say this to people, especially teachers, what I'm doing right now is appalling teaching. It's appalling, it's rubbish. I know many of you are saying, yeah, we get that week in, week out actually with you, Paul, but you know, that's not what I mean. From a teacher's perspective, hands up, teachers, quickly. Let's celebrate our teachers, come on. Our teachers are in there day day in, day out. If an inspector came, and uh, as they do from time to time when you get that dreaded call, oh, they're coming in. If they came in and they heard you deliver a, a whole lesson of you teaching, meaning talking from the front, for a period of time, For a long period of time, with all your listeners, all your eager pupils, for that whole time, as an inspector, you'd be torn to shreds. No lessons these days are done in the form that we do them. And and simply because I'm doing all the talking, you're doing all the listening. And you're not going to learn anything unless you do what it says on the tin. And so... What I would like to do through this appalling teaching is give you something that you can go away and actually practice. The children are screaming. <laughs> I hope that's good fun screaming and not... Yes, <laughs> let's just trust it's good. Oh, my iPad's gone off, hold on. Let's dive straight in. Uh, we're teaching from... The passion translation Uh, if you've got another translation you can read alongside it we're in James 1 verse 1 greetings my name is Jacob James and I am a love slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ I'm writing to all the 12 tribes of Israel who have been sown as seeds among the nations my fellow believers when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties See it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. And if anyone longs to be wise... Ask God for wisdom, and he'll give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. Just make sure you ask, empowered by confident faith without doubting, that you will receive. For the ambivalent person believes one minute and doubts the next. Being undecided makes you become like the rough seas driven and tossed by the wind. You're up one minute and tossed down the next. When you are half-hearted and wavering, it leaves you unstable. Can you really expect to receive anything from the Lord when you're in that condition? Anyone here feel like you're facing difficulties right now in life? I'm not asking for a show of hands, but if you want to, you can. Anyone? Life just seems like an uphill struggle. And that won't surprise me. Life is tough. In this life, you will have many troubles. It's full of trials, things that we're to face and overcome. But James writes this, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. The NIV translation, you may, know, you may know this, is consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Let's be honest. Uh, that, when we read that and hear that, that's just nuts. Like how many of us, when something really difficult comes into our situation, are kind of walking away going, praise the Lord. Oh my goodness, praise the Lord of a flat tire and I'm late for work. Oh my goodness, hallelujah. Or praise. Oh, we don't of course we don't and yet james is saying this when we face difficulties see it as an opportunity an opportunity to press into relationship with jesus instead of relying on our own strength which let's face it in our culture we often do it pushes us towards jesus face and it just uh, it creates a a wonderful opportunity that we might rely upon him and depend upon him. Remember the parable of the sower? Uh, Jesus taught four different grounds. The sower goes out and he's scattering seeds. And there are four different types of land in which the seed falls upon. And for three of them, um, paraphrasing really quickly and really briefly, are simply uh, descriptions of people that respond to the gospel, the good news. And as that seed kind of germinates on whatever land it's uh, landed on, as it kind of grows up, it's usually the difficulties of this world that then kill the life of that seed. It's usually when life gets tough or when God invites us or asks us to surrender even more of our lives, that we're off-ski. We're like, oh no, that's, ju- that's just too tough. And I'm going to focus on this part of my life instead. And we begin to turn our backs on to God we've seen it haven't we we've seen it in the life in our own lives and we've seen it in the lives of many people that we love people that were journeying good and journeying well and yet something kind of came into their lives and their whenever their faith was tested did they trust them will they pursue them and when our faith is tested will we trust him will we pursue him When illness comes our way, do we blame God or do we lean into him? When we face debt, possibly unemployment, what do we do? Who do we turn to? When we don't see with our eyes God in the midst of our situation and circumstances, do we bail out or do we press in even further? There's nothing like a good old bit of hardship in life that makes us lean into him even more. You may well have heard this phrase before, life circumstances that are difficult can either turn us and make us bitter or better, and a lot of it depends upon our posture and our choosing and our relationship towards God. The Legacy Conference, which Chantel mentioned earlier, is our leaders' conference for all of the vineyard churches, and many of you were at it back in October. There was one of the morning sessions I remember uh, going to the front at the end of a, a time together. I remember literally kneeling on my, uh, on my knees because that's what you do when you kneel. I was kneeling on the ground, literally sobbing, like just bawling, like, like tears and snots, like you've never seen before for a long, long time. As I'm surrendering something that I'm journeying personally in my life. I kind of got to the end of my tether. Nowhere else to go isn't that ridiculous when we get to the end of our tether nowhere else to go but god (laughs) we've we've tried this and we've tried that and nothing seems to work so we may as well go to god with it how ridiculous why should he not have been the first one that we would go to in the first place and i remember literally being on my knees there uh for what felt like a long long time and eventually i came to and i came and i sat on the front row and uh a leader who I trust and love dearly uh, was gracious enough to see what had been going on, came alongside and said what's going on what's, what's happening And you know that, that that moment when you're like am I going to tell him what's really going on or am I just going to bluff it, because you know when you tell someone what's really going on you take a risk you entrust yourself and your stuff to someone And I had nothing to lose. So I just told him what was going on. And with that sort of risk and that fear of, oh my goodness, what's he going to think when I'd really tell him what's really going on? Just puts his arm around me. It's just like, it's wonderful. (laughs) I'm like, what? (laughs) What I've just told you is wonderful. It's pretty darn. You fill in the gaps with the word you want to use. It's wonderful. Just means that you have to trust him with it. There's nowhere else to go, no one else to turn to. He's doing this. This has come up so that you can entrust your life in him, with him, even more. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K, entrusting our lives. And as we do this, time and time again in our journey, in our walk with the Lord, He invites us to give us just that little bit more each time. And what it does and what James describes here is it builds endurance. Uh, A buzzword at the minute uh, which is being quoted often is resilience. Resilience, endurance, that ability to keep going. Um, I've been really inspired by many of you and many of other people that I know who have um, decided to take up running. Uh, for the first time. Uh, People uh, who uh, would have quoted saying, oh yeah, before I tried this, I couldn't run the length of myself. I love that Northern Irishism. Couldn't run the length of myself. You know, you kind of eye them up and go, you're about five foot eight. You can't run five foot eight. My goodness. Week by week goes as you embark on a couch to 5K go out a couple of times, run a bit, walk a bit, run a bit, walk a bit, run a bit more, walk a bit less, run a bit more, more, walk a bit less, less. Suddenly, after a number of weeks, doing 5K, couldn't have ran the length of myself. But bit by bit, as you stretch yourself, as your body physically adapts to the increased demands placed upon it, you're developing this resilience and this endurance to keep Going as we surrender ourselves to Him, risking it all, wholly trusting in Him, we are able to endure all things. And it's God who works in us for His greatness and His glory. But boy, it's hard, and boy, does it feel unnatural when we say, You can have it all. I choose to lay this stuff down. And I sense this morning there's some of you you're hearing the words and if we're to do what it says to be doers of the word God is in asking you it's just gently inviting and wooing saying that thing in life right now that you cannot control or you cannot affect right now just give it to me just lay it down and see what I will do in you and see what I will do through you. James changes tact and asks if anyone wishes to be wise or seeks wisdom, should ask God for it. And uh, let's face it, this has been a prayer of many of ours, I'm sure, in certain situations and circumstances. What am I to do? And we begin, we say, God, give me the wisdom to know what to do here. Challenges us that as we would ask for it, that we would believe, that we'd have the faith to believe that God is going to give us wisdom. Not asking for it and wondering whether we're going to get it. Ask and you shall receive. Wholly trusting that he will do it. Let's skip on to the second part. Um, Part two. The believer... Who is poor still has reasons to boast, for he has been placed on high. But those who are rich should boast in how God has brought them low and humbled them, for all their earthly glory will one day fade away like a wild flower in the meadow. For as the scorching heat of the sun causes the petals of the wild flower to fall off and lose its appearance of beauty, so the rich in the midst of their pursuit of wealth will wither away. If your faith remains strong, Even while surrounded by life's difficulty, you will continue to experience the untold blessings of God. True happiness comes as you pass the test with faith and receive the victorious crown of life promised to every uh, lover of God. When you are tempted, don't ever say, God is tempting me, for God is incapable of being tempted tempted by evil and he is never the source of temptation instead it is each person's own desires and thoughts that drag them into evil and lure them away into darkness evil desires give birth to evil actions and when sin is fully mature it can murder you so my friends don't be fooled by your own desires Every gift God freely gives us is good and perfect, streaming down from the Father of lights who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow or darkness and is never subject to change. God was delighted to give us birth by the truth of his infallible words so that we would fulfill his chosen destiny for us and become the favorite ones out of all his creation. James takes what we would think is a bit of a random um, detour and addresses wealth and poverty and again highlights what is highlighted in many other portions of the scriptures regarding the poor. The poor, in fact, are favoured. Physically speaking, uh, poor is a blessing as it's God who lifts them up and those whom are rich in wealth. There comes a, a degree of humility one day as their wealth will fade and pass as they pass. He then links those words to the next number of words, that your faith remains strong, even while surrounded by life's difficulties, will continue to experience the untold blessings of God. True happiness comes as you pass the test with faith, receive the victorious crown of life, promised to every lover of God. A reiteration and building of what has been spoken of earlier in the passage. Despite life's difficulties, hang on. Hang in there. Keep the faith. Keep showing up. Keep praying. Keep loving. Keep your heart soft and surrendered and not hardened. Keep the faith. How many times have we seen followers of Jesus bail out? Something happens. Something comes their way. A temptation of a relationship that they know isn't right, that they know isn't healthy, and they bail out. Temptation that comes when life's just difficult and someone upset you and they're out. A pursuit of wanting to do something out of, Uh, fleshly desires that just becomes this sidetrack the pursuit of wealth in the wrong way for the wrong reasons and the wrong motivations that completely another northern irishism kiboshes their life keep the faith paul writes uh, elsewhere to the galatians you are running a good race who cut in on you, who cut in on you from obeying the truth, true happiness comes as we keep the faith, people who get railroaded are usually miserable, the people that, you know, I used the word earlier, are off-ski, they're out of here, we meet them, don't we, we bump into them in Tesco's, we see them in the street, and we say, how you doing, and they put on this brave face, and they say, oh, we're doing really well, thanks, yeah, you know they're lying. You know that they're just putting on this facade and they they tell you this story of how life's absolutely brilliant when deep down you know inside that the only way to life, the only way to true happiness and contentment is by pursuit and relationship with Jesus. Keep the faith. Keep trusting. Keep going to him when life gets tough. The tough get going it's not even in the notes just comes the Lord's inspiration Billy Ocean just comes one day we receive a victorious crown similar to where Paul writes in Corinthians everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training they do it to get a crown that will not last but we do it to get a crown that will last forever I've had the honour over the years of doing a few funerals and maybe as we all get older maybe I'll be doing some of your funerals. I'm not looking at anyone in particular by the way. It's just part and parcel of life. Let's just get used to it. Let's talk about it. No. No I don't. It's such a joy and a privilege to do them. Even though they're devastatingly sad and sorrowful of course they are see the ones that are easy to do is those who've lived a life of love those who've ran a good race who fought the good fight and you can stand there and say I knew whoever and I knew that they were a passionate follower of Jesus And they went through such a difficult time then and here. But they endured. They pressed into relationship with Jesus and they pressed into relationship with Jesus' friends. And together they ran. Arm in arm sometimes. Shoulder to shoulder. And they kept the faith. And they kept going. And as they did that, you want to see the beauty that came from their relationship. You want to see the beauty that transformed their life. How on earth they were able to sustain the most horrendous things in life. And that which the enemy made for evil, God used it. He didn't necessarily bring it. And often He doesn't. he's not the source that brings it. But through it he uses it to cultivate something incredible in our lives. Where are we? Are we done or do you want some more? Uh, let's be honest, I really don't mind. I've got more but I kind of feel like I'm waffling. Now. Well, I'm not waffling, it's actually. Do we want more or stop? <laughs> no one knows what to do, do they? <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to be the person to say, <laughs> we're done, we're done. Coffee time. Here, by the way, we've got donuts afterwards today. After popular demand, the donuts are back. And this time, they're not yesterday's baking, they're this morning's baking. We've done a deal through someone that we know who works in Sainsbury's. And uh, they, they got in early, thanks Matt. Oh Hannah, was it you? No, it wasn't you. Uh, so we've got, we've got fresh donuts. There are only a hundred of them. So if you want one, you've got to get in there quick. Okay, we've got a few minutes. Let's, let's speed up. Let's get through this. Chantelle's going to start giving me dirty looks. I mean, um, encouraging looks that telling me to hurry up. <laughs> James changes tact again slightly, which I've done a few times also, and addresses temptation and its source. It's pretty clear that God doesn't do the tempting, right? We know that. The temptation comes from the evil one. And evil desires give birth to evil actions. And when sin is fully matured, it can murder you temptation is not wrong to be tempted is not wrong it's we're human and the evil one will do anything and everything in his powers to sidetrack us to blindside us from taking us out and will tempt us to lead us into sin and when sin is birth we have the opportunity to repent and to turn and go the right way another northern irishism when we catch ourselves on and we realize and we choose to go down the right path the narrow path or we continue to go down that wrong path and that wrong path leads to more and leads to more and leads to worse and worse and worse until it will just destroy us completely um, some of you will know that uh, a number of us, we go into uh, Carrick Academy and we do a bit of mentoring. We spend a bit of time one-to-one with a number of pupils. And often what comes up in our conversations is, you know, we, Johnny, he's, he's, uh, that's not Johnny that we get to see Johnny, that's just the name Johnny, we, Johnny, tells you see what he's up to and you're like, mate, do you realize that if you keep going down this road, At some point in life, you're going to get more than a half hour detention. And now is the time to make some good choices. They're going to take the direction and the trajectory of your life from going this direction to that direction. And it's up to you to make some good decisions. We will know people in our lives that have ended up doing some crazy things. People who begin an affair don't just start randomly one day. People who end up in uh, life-changing, habit-forming things that grip a hold of their lives don't just one day say, I'm going to be a drug addict. It starts with little things along the road. Little things which become bigger things which become bigger things. And before we know it, one day it completely takes us out surrender it surrender those little things that you know are not right surrender it turn direction before it's too late james slightly changes tact and he says every gift god freely gives us is good and perfect streaming down from the father of lights And instead of being enticed by the fleshly, worldly gifts that is offered to us, let us receive every perfect gift that comes from him. Peace that comes from him. Joy that comes from him. Contentment. Life everlasting. These come from the Father of life. the trouble is too many of us seek joy and contentment and peace and all that stuff through the wrong ways from the wrong source from the father of lies instead of the father of life god has come to give us life in all its abundance he wants to bless us lavish us with his love and his blessings and this may sound a little bit of a contradiction based on what we've just been talking about a few minutes ago but it's not meant to and i hope that you grasp the meaning and the difference delight yourself in the lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart And sometimes we need to distinguish the two between the desires of our heart which comes from him and the desires of our fleshly heart which comes from him and it's knowing the difference delight yourself in the lord As we give of ourselves, as we pursue relationship with him, he gives us the desires of our hearts because he puts them in our hearts. And we begin to step into the very given, God-given things that God has for us. And we'll continue the story next week.